0: In the book of Exodus. Now, the last time we were here in chapter 26, we were basically dealing with the poles and the screens that were on the outside of the tabernacle. Now, when we talk about the tabernacle and you see it mentioned in chapter 26, it's dealing with the holy place and the most holy place, basically considered as one piece, but it was divided by a curtain in the middle. But It is often called simply tabernacle. We separated holy place, most holy place. But what we basically saw was the curtains and the poles that surrounded the most holy place and those poles which held up the curtains in their place. So now, as you notice, as we have been working through, we are moving from the innermost part of the full tabernacle structure, that is, from the presence of God himself in the most holy place. And all of the constructions and articles that are therein, we're moving from the most holy place, the sacred of all places, to the holy place, the articles that are contained within that. And now we are preparing to move to the outer court. Now the outer court, remember, the outer court itself has no outer covering over the top like the most holy place, holy place, or simply we call it the tabernacle structure. It is exposed to the light of the sun that's coming in there, but the holy place or the tabernacle construction has the coverings all the way around, okay? But anyway, we'll talk about some other things as we move into the outer court, but the idea is notice how God is doing it. He is dealing with the innermost part to all the way out to the outermost part of the construction for the whole tabernacle construction. That is the tabernacle inclusive of the outer court as well. Okay, so now we're going to deal with the outer court in chapter 27 as well as its construction and its articles and uh, unlike the holy place, most holy place, the tabernacle structure, The outer court is not gonna be as long as in dealing with the tabernacle structure, okay? So enough of that, let's just get into chapter 27 to deal with that. And the first article that we're getting ready to run into or that we'll see in the outer court will be the altar of burnt offerings or sometimes called the bronze altar. And you shall make the altar of acacia wood. Now that's the bronze altar. But now, notice that's basically the name that we refer to it as, okay? The bronze altar. And you'll see why as we move along in the text. But notice again, the acacia wood. Remember, now, if you have not uh, dealt with chapters 25, 26, you should go back and look at those chapters to deal with all of those nuances or descriptors that we've spoken of how they pertain to Christ. Because, The tabernacle, as far as the articles within the tabernacle, the construction of the tabernacle, the the curtains of the tabernacle, just about literally everything about the tabernacle speaks of Jesus, the Messiah, in one way or another, by, by virtue of his person or by virtue of what he will accomplish on earth, or just by virtue of who and what he is. That is, he is God made man. But anyway, Go back and look at all of those things, but to refresh your memory, I'll touch upon some of these things as we move in the outer court, okay? Notice the acacia wood, and what we said about wood, remember, wood speaks of earthy, which speaks of the mortality of Jesus. That is, that Jesus, God, was made flesh. God became a man. Now, remember, as we deal with this, burn, this bronze altar, we're going to talk about how it as a whole represents Jesus and what it speaks to as to the person of Jesus, as well as the work of Jesus. Okay. But anyway, altar of acacia wood, five cubits long, five cubits wide. I think there's something like about seven and a half feet the altar shall be square. It's going to be literally a square on all sides and its height shall be three cubits. And I guess that's about what, about four cubits or four and a half cubits high, something of that nature. I'm sorry, four feet high. Okay, so it's square and it's, it's about four feet high. You shall make his horns on his four corners. His horn shall be of one piece with it and you shall overlay it with bronze. Okay, let, let me just keep going. You shall make its pails for removing its ashes, shovels and its basins and its forks and its fire pans. You shall make all its utensils of bronze. Okay. Now on the altar, that square altar that we have, there are going to be horns on each corner of the altar, and these horns themselves will be of one piece and overlaid with bronze, as well as well as the altar itself. Now the utensils that are being used in the altar. Remember, the altar is the place where the animal sacrifices are to be done, okay? You're gonna pour some of the blood of the animal. you're gonna pour some of the blood of the animal sacrifices on the altar, even upon the horns of the altar, as well as burn the carcass of the animal on the altar, okay? And so therefore, this is the literal place where the animals are to be sacrificed at. All right. And their carcasses offered up unto God and all of the utensils, whatever the pans, the forks and everything that would be used because the forks you're going to see to be used. All these things will be used by the priest and they'll be used for different things or different uh, types of sacrifices upon the altar for taking the meat out and things of that nature and putting things in, taking the ashes out for the shovels and the pans for uh, catching the ashes or taking ashes from one place to another, these utensils, okay? Everything is to be made of bronze. Now this is the second thing that you need to see. Bronze symbolizes judgment. So notice the, the altar itself brings in both the acacia wood humanity of Jesus, and the bronze representing the judgment of Jesus, not the judgment of Jesus for his own sins, but the bronze overlays the acacia wood because the bronze represents the judgment that Jesus would bear for the sins of the world. So the bronze altar itself speaks of Christ and him being the sin bearer. He takes upon the judgment, God's full judgment upon humanity, upon himself. So the altar represents Jesus in his taking upon himself the judgment, the sins of the world directed directed by God to satisfy the holiness of God. Why? In order that God's people may be forgiven of their sins. Okay, so let me keep going. Verse number four, you shall make for it a grating of network of bronze and on the net you shall make four bronze rings at its corners. You shall put it beneath under the ledge of the altar so that the net will reach halfway up the altar. So here just simply saying in in the altar where the sacrifices are made, remember you're gonna have a base on that altar, probably you have the the stones and where you can burn things at. On top of that would be this graded net also made of what? Bronze. And notice the whole bronze symbolizes judgment. That is God's judgment for sin. The wages for sin is what? Death. And this is where death, substitutionary death is being dealt with. The animal being sacrificed in the place of the offerer. Jesus being sacrificed in our place. But again, that net is simply where you would place the carcass of the animal on top of it. It doesn't touch the stones itself. It's like a barbecue grill, the same idea of that. all right. And then it talked about the four corners of the altar will have a place where you'll be able to put where you be able to put poles, insert poles into the altar, simply for it to be carried like we saw in other articles in the altar with the tabernacle. Uh, Six, you shall make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood. Notice that again, acacia wood, we've talked about that. Overlay them with bronze, we talked about that too. Notice everything that has to do with the altar has to do with acacia wood, humanity of Jesus, bronze, judgment upon Jesus. Its poles shall be inserted into the rings so that the poles shall be on the two sides of the altar when it is carried, you shall make it hollow with planks as it was shown to you in the mountains. So they shall make it. And so now we basically f- completed the description of the altar of burnt offering. And this, when you enter into the tabernacle structure, the full tabernacle structure, okay? Not, not the tabernacle but the holy place, most holy places, but the full from the outside world. This will be the first article that you see and notice too once again. Now, I might as well say it here. As you enter into the curtain from the outside, remember what I told you, as you move from east to west, you are moving into the presence of God. And the pre- and the whole idea for all of these things that are involved in this, it represents Jesus. And notice by moving, coming into the tent that, that you can imagine, like hearing the gospel, the gospel of faith in Jesus Christ, by believing in Jesus Christ, you are washed from your sins. The son has set you free through his death, that bronze altar. OK, so now you've been dealt with. And then the next thing that you see would be this labor. You are now the labor is where the priest would do their washing and you are being you're going to be washed by the word that God has spoken unto you. Then you move from the outer courts. Now you move into the tabernacle structure. And then as you come into the tabernacle structure, what do you see? You see the altar of incense directly in front of you with that incense on it, that smoke goes up right before God. You see the table of showbread on one side and the candelabra on the other side. All of this as you had entered into that gate of the holy place where there is no artificial light. You walk by the light of the candelabra, the light of God's word. And right in front of the altar of incense, you see what another curtain that separates the holy place from the most holy place. And right behind that is the Ark of the Covenant with the two cherubims sitting on top of that golden mercy seat where the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God literally shines. God manifests his presence in the most holy place so notice as you come from the outside moving towards towards the west you are coming into the direction of god and everything has to do with jesus every article speaks of jesus the curtains the sockets in some way or another and it takes us to the truth of what jesus says what? As you move through that ark, as you move through the tabernacle structure, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way. I am the truth, the truth of God's word, the way unto God. No man goes unto the father except by me. You must go through these things In the ark of the covenant, in the tabernacle, I'm sorry, as you move from the altar burnt offering all the way up unto the most holy place, into the presence of God, you must go through Christ in order to get to God the Father. There is no other way. And the ark and the tabernacle structure itself speaks of this very point that Jesus made for the tabernacle is a construction symbolically of Jesus and his works. And the only way to get to God, you must start from the outside, deal with that burnt offering, that altar burnt offering, when you deal with the sin, be washed by that labor, then you begin to enter into that place where you can hear the word, be sustained by the presence and glory and goodness of Jesus, and finally come into the presence of God the Father himself. No man can get unto God except through him. Okay, I wasn't supposed to get into all of that, but now let's continue on. Now we're going to deal with the court of the tabernacle. Remember, this is sometimes what you hear people call the outer court. And in dealing with the outer court, this is where the bronze altar, bronze altar is, and the laver that you've been hearing me talk about. The laver is just simply a place where you wash, where the priests would wash before they would go into the holy place. But anyway, um, the court is basically that outer part of it, okay? With the sunlight, you look up and you will see sunlight. You're still in the outer court here. That's what we're talking about in the whole of this particular chapter. Nine. You shall make the court of the tabernacle on the south side. There shall be hangings for the court of fine twisted linen, one hundred cubits long for one side, and its pillars shall be twenty. And their twenty sockets of bronze, the hooks of the pillars and the and their bands shall be silver. Okay. So let me stop and slow down here. You're dealing with the court of the tap, the outer court. as, And this is where the altar bronze altar is. But what he's dealing with here are the curtains that surround the outer court in the same way that there were curtains and sockets and pillars for the tabernacle, the holy place, most holy place. In the same way as you have that, you'll also have curtains for the outer court. And also too, if you are on the, and this is done so that no person can just simply look at the whole tabernacle structure and look inside. You can't look on the outside and see in the inside. But the tabernacle, that inner enter tabernacle, where the holy place, most holy place stood, is slightly taller than, uh, 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 than the rest of it. So you will be able to see the peaks of the holy place most holy place, that tabernacle structure, okay? But anyway, and so he basically says, this is the idea. It is twice as long as it is wide. And so therefore, you'll see the number of pillars that are used here that will be twice for the length than it is for the width. And that's basically the idea that's going on. Uh, 11. Likewise, for the north side, so you got the south side, north side, these are the long sides, the lint shall be hangings on 100 cubits long, and this 20 pillars with their, I think that's about 150 feet, so I think it's something like 150 feet by 75 feet. That's the idea. Likewise, the north side, okay, with their 20 sockets of of bronze, the hooks of the pillars and their bands shall be of silver. Okay, so you got what? The 20 pillars with the sockets. Remember when we talked about the same idea, the silver representative of what? The price that was paid for, Jude, for Jesus. Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. And those sockets, sockets made of what again? Bronze, bronze representing what? Judgment, why? You're on the outside. You're on the outside and that's where you got to deal with the sin. All right. But anyway, uh, for number 12, for the width of the court on the west side shall be hangers of 50 cubits with their 10 pillars and their 10 sockets. The width of the court on the east side shall be 50 cubits. The hanging for the one. OK, so here just simply saying uh, for the east and the west. East and the west, that's the shorter side. Basically about, I think that's about 75 feet. I think my measurements are correct, but about 75 feet. So you'll see, it's only half the length of the north and the south side, okay? And everything is basically the same thing. And so you'll use what? Only half the number of pillars, half the number of sockets, all right? 14, the hangings of the one side of the gate shall be 15 cubits, and there are three pillars, and their three sockets. Okay, so now we're getting ready to deal with um, the entrance, the entrance into the full tabernacle structure, not the tabernacle, holy place, most holy place, but the full tabernacle structure. Okay, because remember, the entrance will have a gate uh, or not in this, don't think of it in our sense like we got a gate that swings open, but think of it in the sense of a gate as a curtain, okay? And so you're gonna need space to enter this particular gate. So you'll need fewer pillars. And I'm not gonna go through all of those particular details, but you can understand it makes sense. As a doorway, you don't need the pillars all standing. I think the pillars are like seven and a half feet apart. So you're gonna need a little more space so that you can enter it. Okay, and that's the idea. So 15. And for the other side, should be hangings of 15 cubits of three pillars and their three sockets. So it's fewer pillars. For the gate of the court, there should be a screen of 20 cubits of blue, purple, scarlet material, fine twisted linen, the work of a weaver, with their four pillars and their four sockets. All the pillars around the court should be furnished with silver bands as as the rest of it, and their hooks of silver and their sockets of bronze. So he's just basically re uh, emphasizing uh, the door. First of all, let's talk about the door. That's what he's talking about, that entrance door. So this is, say, so for instance, you're on the outside of the full tabernacle structure, you're on the outside, okay? There's going to be a door and it's going to be an ornament door. And it's very similar with the colors of the door. Notice it says blue. And all of these things are representatives of Christ, his person or work in some way. Remember, Jesus said, I am the door. He is the door. So he is that door, not only to that passage, that shepherdry, but that shepherdry that ultimately takes us to the place of God. The Lord is my shepherd. okay, but anyway, 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 so what about that door? We talked about that very similar with the other two doors. remember there are other two doors, one at the tabernacle structure itself leading to the holy place and then another leading in leading to the most holy place. Same idea. But anyway, uh, and that door should have blue representing that what Jesus is from heaven of purple. He is a king. talks about royalty. Scarlet, red, shed blood, fine twisted linen. This would be white of purity and righteousness. Okay. And it talks about how all of the pillars, once again, the pillars, all right, around the court should be with silver bands. That's how you hang the curtains up with the silver bands and with the silver hooks and the sockets that what you sit those things in made of bronze. Okay made of bronze. Again, bronze speaks of judgment. So now basically you have the full tabernacle structure along with its curtains. Verse number 18, the length of the court shall be 100 cubits and the width 50 cubits throughout and the height five cubits and fine twisted linen and their sockets of bronze. Now all God is doing simply is he is rehearsing All of the things that he has already said about the length, the curtains, the sockets, whatever. He just simply just saying, okay. final point again. Remember, this is how it is to be made. It's just simply a repetition. All right. You shall. And all the utensils of the tabernacle used in all of his services, all of his pigs, all the pigs of the court should be of bronze. See what he's doing? He's just emphasizing everything that he said already about the curtains, how long it should be, what they should be made of, things of that nature, the sockets, and the utensils that are to be used for the altar of bronze office. Of (laughs) bronze altar. All of these things simply are to be uh, used in the manner that God has spoken. Now, Before we leave this particular section and go to the end of it, notice this, that in order to get to God, notice in all of the construction. Let's start at the holy place where God himself started at the tabernacle structure. Notice right in in front of the most holy place to get into that one curtain door. Now, notice in the holy place, the only one way to get into that one door. Now notice too, in the outer court, and with the, where we, this is what we're talking about here in this chapter, it, to get into the tabernacle structure itself, notice once again, only one door. What did Jesus proclaim about himself? He was the door. And now notice this, since there is only one door, it takes us right back again to that strong statement, exclusive statement that Jesus made. I am the way, not a way, the only way. Why? Because as you enter into that tabernacle structure, moving in a procession towards the presence of God himself, there are not several doors. There are not two doors. As you move to the presence of God, each time there is only one There is only one door. That door is Jesus. And this speaks of of religion today. You know, I've even heard so-called Christians say, well, if you're not a Christian, but you live a good life and you're faithful to that life, maybe you can come into God's presence, even if you're not a believer in Jesus. But if you do the best that you can, the answer is absolutely no, not, nada, and never ever, never, ever. Jesus declared to be the only way. And from the old to the new Testament, it speaks that principle from, remember the whole idea of the tabernacle structure is one desires to enter into the presence of God. You must enter into the presence of God. And notice what God keeps saying to Moses, see that you make these things Exactly like I told you in the mountain. Do not deviate in no way. Make it exactly like I told you. Jesus is the only way. Faith in Christ is the only way to get to God the Father. There is no other faith. There is no other religion. There is no other practice to go in God's presence in peace. None except faith in that Jesus is God taking the flesh of a man, paying the price for our sins, resurrected from the dead. Only faith in Jesus can bring a man or a woman into the presence of the living God. And the tabernacle seconds the motion. As a matter of fact, it was the first motion given. But anyway, enough preaching. Now let's finish it. Verse number 20 you shall charge the sons of Israel that they bring you clear oil of beaten olives for the light to make lamp burn continually in the tent of meeting outside the veil, which is before the testimony. Aaron and his sons shall keep it in order from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a perpetual statute throughout their generations for the sons of Israel. And so now as he ends the chapter, he talks about the oil that's used for the candelabra. And remember the candelabra is in the holy place. Remember the tabernacle, that inner structure, holy place. And then you got what? The most holy place, but they would make for that beautiful candelabra. Remember it had those uh, uh, three branches on each side of it. Remember those cups and things on the branches. But anyway, this was which where the light would burn from be made of beaten olive oil and this oil was to burn continuously and it would be serviced by Aaron and his sons. Now notice Aaron and his sons, we're going to talk about that later, later on, because remember Aaron and his family, his sons, his family are from the tribe of Levi. Now Levi shall service the tabernacle structure as a whole, but only Aaron's sons shall be priests, shall be the priest. Okay. So they are not Levites in the general sense, but they are priests from the family of Levites, Aaron and his sons. And only the family of Aaron, those descendants from the family of Aaron, who will be the priests, can enter into holy place. Only the high priest, which would be from the also from the family of Aaron can enter into the most holy place. And once again, that's only one time of year on the day of atonement. But the point is Aaron's family as priests would do the service in the tabernacle structure. So in the lighting of the lights and the keeping of the showbread and the incense table and in servicing these things in the holy place, it would be done by the priests who would be descendants from the family of Aaron. And God is simply saying that this lighting of the oil for the lamp will be a permanent institution. The light should always burn and the family of Aaron should always day and night service this to make sure that the light of God is always burning. All right. All right, guys, thank you for joining me with that. Now, the next time we come here, we'll be dealing with chapter 28. Since we were talking about the priest, we will be talking about not only simply the service of the priest, but the garments of the priest, the holy garments of the priest. And the whole idea is it should speak of their sanctity before God, their purity before God, and especially in dealing with the high priest, The glory before God and the glory that would be upon the high priest is to reflect the glory of God. Why the high priest himself would serve as a go between between Israel and God, and therefore, as that great go between serving Israel on the behalf of God, and even vice versa, even vice, and vice versa, as he is serving God on behalf of Israel in the offering of these offerings, he has a certain sense of glory. When you saw him in his garb, in his clothing, you knew that one was the high priest. Can't wait to continue, guys. See you then.